I'm going to stop getting mad about every single thing that goes on because that negative energy just has the snowball effect and misery loves company. And then you start surrounding yourself with other negative people. And then once one person starts complaining, the next person kind of adds in. And before you know it, you just have that water cooler talk where everybody's just bitching and complaining about everything. And I, I hated being that person. So that's the only New Year's resolution I think I ever stuck to. And again, I still kind of carry it on um, into my day-to-day now is when a situation happens, I ask myself, is it going to matter a year from now? I'm Lee Silverstein, and this is the Colon Cancer Podcast. Welcome to episode 87 of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. And this is a big day for us. This is our third birthday. It was three years ago that we launched the Colon Cancer Podcast uh, with the hope of providing some information, inspiration, and hope to those touched by colorectal cancer. And when I came up with the idea to do this show, I had no idea where this was going to take me, what we were going to do, and didn't think that I can envision three years later, we'd still be at it. And here we are still providing many inspiring stories, including today's guest, who I will get to in just a minute. But for those of you that have been with us since the beginning back in 2015, thank you so much for supporting the show. If you have folks that you want to recommend as guests for the show, you can do that right on the Colon Cancer Podcast website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com forward slash guest. And if you have any other feedback or information that you want to share with me, you can reach me at lee at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. I often see people posting in the various Facebook groups talking about their struggle to stay hydrated. And if that applies to you, you should check out H2ORS. H2ORS is an oral rehydration solution. It's a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration. So for those of you who are struggling with this issue of staying hydrated, either due to an ostomy or perhaps chemotherapy, H2ORS is something for you to consider. It'll really help replenish your fluids and electrolyte levels. As a matter of fact, it has three times the electrolytes of most of the popular sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavors, or artificial colors. My buddy Chris Shaw over at H2ORS is offering listeners of the Colon Cancer Podcast an opportunity to try a free sample of H2ORS. All you need to do is just go to their site, h2ors.com forward slash sample, and they'll ship a free sample out to you, no strings attached. And when you're ready to make your first purchase at h2ors.com, if you use the coupon code CCPOD, they'll give you 10% off your first order. There are a ton of exciting events coming up. The Colon Cancer Coalition is kicking off the 2018 Get Your Rear in Gear season, their signature 5K run, walk, and kids fun run event. And I want to share with you the upcoming dates and locations for all of the fabulous Get Your Rear in Gear events. Here they are. 
starting this Saturday, March 3rd in Charlotte, North Carolina at Independence Park. And on the same day for our friends in Fort Worth, Texas, the Get Your Ear and Gear event will be taking place at Trinity Park over at Pavilion 3. Sunday, March 4th in San Antonio, Texas at Morgan's Wonderland. And on March 10th, Saturday, March 10th at Wake Med Soccer Park in Raleigh, North Carolina, as well as Tulsa, Oklahoma, also on Saturday, March 10th at Guthrie Green. March 11th, that's a Sunday in Tucson, Arizona, the Get Your Rear and Gear event will be taking place at Gene C. Reed Park. And then on March 24th, also a Saturday, at Carrier Park Shelter in Asheville, North Carolina. And also on Saturday, March 24th, they're over in Philadelphia. It's actually a four-mile run, two-mile walk, and a kid's fun run. This takes place at Memorial Hall, the Please Touch Museum in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And that's the Get Your Rear and Gear events for the month of March. One of the challenges that many of us experience is all the time that we spend in the bathroom. And you know, all of that wiping, not only does it not leave you feeling clean, it often leaves you feeling irritated. I discovered a product called Fresh Assist, which is a simple spray that's available in either chamomile or lavender. And two or three spritzes on your regular toilet paper leaves you, as they like to say, feeling clean in between. I have fallen in love with this product. Uh, if I leave it at home, if I'm traveling, I, I kick myself for not taking it with me. I know some of you may say that you use wet wipes, but those wet wipes, not only can they be irritating, but they often can lead to plumbing problems because they do clog up those pipes. I know they say they're flushable, but my grandson's toys, I've learned, are also flushable. Doesn't mean they're safe for your plumbing system. So I'm a big fan of Fresh Assist. You can check them out and order a bottle of chamomile or lavender. Chamomile is my go-to. Visit thecoloncancerpodcast.com forward slash fresh for more information. There are some other events that the Colon Cancer Coalition is putting on that I want to share with you. Uh, the first one is, <laughs> I got to check this one out because the name is very intriguing. On Sunday and March 4th, for our friends in and around Mobile, Alabama, check out Bowling for Butts at Eastern Shores Lanes over in Spanish Fort, Alabama. Bowling for Butts, and that again is taking place this coming Sunday, March 4th. And then there's a wonderful gala event taking place on Saturday, March 24th for the, our friends up in Connecticut. In Plantsville, Connecticut is the 2018 Blue Moon Gala. And this is putting on in partnership with Hartford Healthcare Women's Gastrointestinal Health Clinic. That's a mouthful. Uh, it's a dinner, open bar, entertainment, silent auction, and a wine wall. Okay, I may have to fly to Connecticut if there's a wine wall. Uh, all information for all of these events can be found at the Colon Cancer Coalition's website. Just go to coloncancercoalition.org forward slash events. My guest this week is Tara Principali. 
Boy, did I have fun interviewing Tara. She is an absolute inspiration. Uh, I don't want to give it away. All I can tell you is the first thing you need to do after listening to our interview is go over to Instagram and follow Tara. And you can find her at TattooedPinup82. TattooedPinup82 is her Instagram handle. And you definitely want to check her out there. But join me now for my conversation with Tara Principali. Tara, welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? Great, great. So I learned about your story. I was at uh, actually the Colon Cancer Alliance Conference in November, and somebody, I think it was Anita Mitchell, handed me a copy of 2017 On the Rise, and I said, this is somebody I'd love to talk to. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for agreeing to do this. Have you ever, have you done any kind of media interviews before? I have not, but I definitely appreciate the compliment and I appreciate you reaching out to me. Oh, cool, cool. Good, good. I'm excited. I guess the media, well, I I can say I did do the media interview with the Colon Club just for that magazine, Mm -hmm. but outside of that, no. (laughs) Well, let's start there. How did that all come to be? How did you wind up getting involved with them and winding up in the magazine? Um, Crazy small world, but I went to a high school in the northwest suburbs of Chicago and I had a graduating class of maybe 200 people. And one of the girls that I graduated with uh, in my graduating class, she was actually diagnosed the same year that I was. And she also has Lynch syndrome, which if you want me to get into that, I certainly can throughout the podcast. Um, And she saw my diagnosis on social media, um, which I kind of went AWOL for a year after I was diagnosed, just kind of keep myself in check and just do my own personal thing. Um, and I went back on social media, uh, once I was one year cancer free and she saw that I was one year cancer free because I did note it at that time and kind of let people know what I'd been going through over the, that one year that I was kind of, um, offline. And she reached out to me and she said, Hey, I'm part of this organization called the colon club. And it is for colorectal cancer survivors under the age of 50. They do raise awareness. Um, they are a non-for-profit organization and they will highlight your story um, for you to tell to other people to let people know that this is on the rise. So she sent me the application and I was picked. I don't know if she had a hand in that or not um, because she was part of the staff, but um, I, I was picked by a couple different people before they even saw my picture or anything like that. They just kind of read my story they agreed to have me as one of the survivors and it was honestly the most life changing experience I've ever had in my entire life. So I was very happy to be a part of that for sure. Sounds like a, who, who's your friend? Uh, Her name is Lauren Miller. Okay. So uh, tell us a little bit more about, about the experience. What made it so life changing? Um, To be honest, um, I don't know anybody that has colorectal cancer. So when I was diagnosed at the age of 30, uh, I mean, obviously that was probably the hardest thing that one of the hardest things I've ever had to deal with in my life. Um, I think more so telling my family about it that hurt more than what I had to deal with myself because I'm a strong person. I could, you know, do whatever, but telling my parents, I think was, was the hardest thing. So when I was introduced to the colon club, I met people that have Lynch syndrome. I met people that have a J pouch. I met people that had an ileostomy. Um, I met people that basically live in the bathroom like I do, and they're not 
um, what, when I spent that week at, at this retreat with them, I wasn't judged for constantly disappearing and going to the bathroom. I think that was my biggest thing. So there was this, um, comfort and security and protection that I felt among these people that were my age. Um, and again, I had never met anybody that had colorectal cancer. So I, I didn't even realize that there was a community out there and didn't realize, uh, how big it was. Um, so I definitely became what I'm going to consider uh, a family with, with these people. They I will never lose contact with them. Um, one of them actually just passed away a couple days before Christmas. So I'm sorry, after Christmas. Um, and so I'm aware that this community that I am close with, like we're all at a higher risk of losing each other's friendship, but I would never miss out on this ever. And it's definitely connected me to um, other organizations. Um, I went to Capitol Hill last year to, you know, speak with um, the legislation about passing certain bills to help people such as myself. So I think I've, it's just opened up a lot of different avenues. I'm, I'm going, I'm and doing that trip this year. Really excited. Are yes, you? Yes. The call on Congress. Uh -huh. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. If I was not already doing two other completely different things, two weekends in a row across the country, I would, I would be doing the same thing again. It was, that was amazing too. That was very emotional and, um, you're going to love it for sure. Looking forward <laughs> to it. So, uh, the, one of the things that intrigued me about your story and we, you and I were talking about this before we went on the air was oftentimes people reaction to their diagnosis is to make some dramatic lifestyle changes, to rethink their diet, to uh, look at exercise if they possibly can. But for you, you made these decisions prior to your diagnosis. Tell, talk about that. Correct. So um, I guess when I was younger, maybe in high school, I had always been in sports. I had always been an active person. And then right after high school, I got a desk job and I stopped being active and, um, I had gained like 150 pounds. I want to say, wow. um, like another person I got, I got up to about 270 pounds and I was drinking a lot and I got married at a younger age and it was a, not a good, um, relationship. So all around, I just wasn't a healthy person mentally, spiritually, physically, anything. Um, then once my ex-husband and I started separating, um, I just became a little bit more aware of the damage or destruction that I was doing to myself. So I decided to start to make a change. So I made small baby steps all on my own. I quit drinking. I stopped eating fast foods. I stopped eating processed foods. I stopped eating meat. Um, I just tried to incorporate all these different uh, avenues that I could think of, all these different fad diets and over the course of about five years, I dropped 130 pounds. And um, at that point, I decided to go all out and do um, a bodybuilding fitness competition to say not only did I lose 130 pounds and I, you know, I, I beat the odds because there's 1% of the world that actually keeps that off. Um, I took an extra step. So I hired a coach, um, did a competition, and then that's actually when my symptoms started to appear, which is um, kind of crazy. But during the competition, I, I started um, 
seeing bright red blood when I went to the bathroom. I was eating seven times a day, but I'd go to the bathroom maybe every three or four days. So I've got 28 meals in me before I was going to the bathroom again. And I talked to my coach about it and he said, oh, it's just because you're working out extra hard. It's because you're eating more protein than you're used to, more roughage than you're used to. Just kind of played it off. And I took his advice because he's a professional and I just ignored it. Um, So then shortly after my competition, I started, I was a makeup artist and and a hairstylist at that time. I out of the blue thought, you know what, I'm 29 years old, um, or just, just turned 30 years old. And I said, I think I need health insurance. I think I'm going to go back in the corporate world again. So whatever told me in my head to do that, um, I did. And I was diagnosed right after I went to the doctor. Um, and that was at the best, best physical condition of my entire life. So at that time I had been, I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking. I hadn't eaten meat in nine years. I'm at the gym seven days a week. I just did a fitness competition. And now I hear you have rectal cancer. So that was the most mind blowing thing. Um, And because I think everything happens for a reason, I feel like I had gone through that mental roller coaster and that emotional roller coaster because doing a fitness competition is like one of the hardest things ever you put yourself through. I think the timing of that was where it needed to be. Otherwise, I don't think I would be here today to be honest how, how do you have such a what 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 sounds from across the uh from across the digital world what sounds like such a positive outlook on it i have been asked that so many times <laughs> um to be honest i don't know i just i i take things for what they are and i just push through it I, I just, I don't give up. I, I, I don't know if that's just the way I was brought up. Um, I was brought up to be just a very independent person and um, honestly to, to work my ass off at everything I do. And I, I've just carried that into my adult life. And um, I feel like when I was at my heaviest weight, when I was drinking, when I was depressed, when I was in that awful marriage, when I was 23 years old, um, I was a really judgmental and kind of hateful person. And I had made a New Year's resolution. I was just talking about this to somebody the other day. I just made a New Year's resolution. Um, I think it was like in 2010, 2011. And I, I said to myself, I'm going to stop getting mad about every single thing that goes on because that negative energy just has this snowball effect. And misery loves company. And then you start surrounding yourself with other negative people. And then once one person starts complaining, the next person kind of adds in. And before you know it, you just have that water cooler talk where everybody's just bitching and complaining about everything. And I I hated being that person. So that's the only New Year's resolution I think I ever stuck to. And again, I still kind of carry it on um, into my day to day now is when a situation happens, I ask myself, is it going to matter a year from now? So if I drop a plate of food on the floor, am I going to get mad about it and go and start complaining to somebody or yelling or no, I'm going to pick it up and move on. Like, who cares? So I, I just, I stopped letting the little things get to me. And I think that changed my entire outlook. Uh, and then I started being a lot more positive on social media or just even in person. Um, I carried that into my job. I carried that into my family environment, my hanging out with my friends. And you can tell that people feed off of that positive energy. And that's what I like to surround myself with at this time. And it's come back tenfold. 
well, in a good way. <laughs> I noticed recently that you posted that uh, a comment about you that was just incredibly positive about how your life is going right now. Yeah, it is. Um, I actually, <laughs> I just got kind of got out of another bad um, relationship or bad situation um, that I'm don't like to speak poorly of people, but it, it, it was a very bad situation and I got myself out of it. And I am now with somebody that is, has made me into like, I swear the best person that I've, <laughs> that I've ever like seen in myself. I'm laughing again. I'm smiling again. Like she is but I just, for, like, for the people listening. <laughs> I, I always like to have the video on Skype just so I can have a better connection uh, with people like Tara and her smile couldn't be any bigger right now. She's, as she's, as she's talking <laughs> just so the folks who are listening uh, know I, I could validate this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think I lost that spirit and that smile. Um, over the course of what I just kind of got myself out of, but I'm brought back up again and I'm just relieved. I have the weight of the world off my shoulders again. And I think it helps a lot. Um, again, just like that positive energy, um, that positive outlook on everything. It's helped me not only emotionally, but physically as well. Um, I have Crohn's disease also. So not only have I gone through some of the things I've gone through, but, um, the, the Crohn's disease, it, it definitely acts up not only with some of the food choices I make, but with my stress levels as well. And who I'm with right now, who I'm surrounding myself with on a daily basis, I'm like so constantly happy that like my Crohn's has acted out, I think once. And it's because I was stressed about something for work. <laughs> so I think like that's, that's another just everything good comes out of being positive, to be honest. And once you start reaping those benefits, like you can't help but want to be positive. So it's great when life is good, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I want to go back to the uh, dramatic change. And what impressed me was, you know, people talk about how incredibly hard making permanent diet changes can be. And mm -hmm. you made quite a few. How did you stick to it? Um, I think that would be kind of what I just mentioned as far as being positive and seeing those results and feeling those results. The same thing was kind of with the food. So, uh, it took a really, really long five years to, to drop that weight. Um, and as I kind of touched on for a moment, uh, I did hit every kind of fad diet along the way. I did hydroxy cut. I did slim quick. I did Nutrisystem. I did... Adkins, I literally did every single thing you could possibly think of and I would see results. And then I'm like, but I really want a cheeseburger. <laughs> and then, you know, I would come right back on. I'm like, well, damn, that didn't work. Um, so I think once I really, really set my mind to it and I'm not a quitter, I'm, I'm just like, I, I kind of bust my butt at every single thing I do. Again, that's just, that's how I was raised is to never quit and kind of give it your all. And have passion, have drive. And if you really want something, you're going to want to achieve it eventually. Um, so what I did with my small baby steps, and this is something that I was actually a beach body coach for, for a couple of years. And this is something that I was trying to teach my friends. And I've actually changed a lot of people's lives telling them this is you can't make those dramatic changes all at once. You can't just say, well, I'm just going to stop eating carbs forever. It's stupid. And you're going to you're going to fail at it and then you're going to eat a piece of bread and blow back up again. So 
the changes that I made for myself. At first, I stopped drinking pop. That that's a massive change over time. Um, for those of you, then I for stopped. those of you that are not in the Midwest, uh, she's talking about soda. <laughs> or coke <laughs> oh that's right i live in chicago so <laughs> i had to get i had to throw that little dig in there <laughs> of course nobody calls it pop <laughs> so i i would make a small change where i would stop drinking pop and then i incorporated the fact that i was gonna only eat fast food maybe one day a week as opposed to every day right and then i changed it to one calendar day per month Um, and then I slowed down on the alcohol and I would incorporate maybe vodka with club soda as opposed to, you know, some sort of a juice, but then I would switch it up and have water for my next drink. And then I stopped just drinking at all, um, or just drinking on occasion or having one drink. Um, and then when I stopped drinking a lot of alcohol, I stopped going out to Denny's afterwards or Taco Bell at three o'clock in the morning. And so, and then I stopped eating fried foods and then I end up stopped eating meat where I was only eating kind of fish and eggs as my protein source or soy, things like that. Um, That all took place over about five years. So I think one of the hardest things for people to realize is with these diet changes, it's not going to happen by next month. It's not going to happen by six months from now. Might not happen a year from now. Um, when I show my before and after pictures, which everybody is just like in complete disbelief over, I need to explain to them it took so much time. It took so much heartache. It took so much failure. It took so much um, energy and frustration. But once you start seeing those results and you hear people say, hey, have you been going to the gym lately? You know, if you've been losing weight and then all of a sudden you have to buy a smaller pair of pants and you're like, oh, my God, that's the next milestone. So I think like those are the like the little key successes that kept me going was people's reactions and buying cuter clothes or, you know, fitting into something other than a handbag and a pair of shoes. Because no matter what my weight is, those are things I could always enjoy. So So it sounds like you rewarded yourself for the little uh, accomplishments. You know, whether it was a yes. new, you know, so it was a rewards from the compliments and it was rewards in terms of, oh, now I got to buy new clothes and cute clothes. Exactly. And it sounds exactly. like it just kind of snowballed if I'm understanding you yeah. correctly. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, I look at it now where instead of treating yourself with a f- food, you're not a dog. You don't need to treat yourself with a treat with food. Um, you could treat yourself to a manicure. You could treat yourself to pink hair. <laughs> you can, you know, you could treat yourself to a new gym outfit or, you know, something along those lines. Um, and I regiment myself now. I mean, I work with a dietitian who I'm actually going to be doing another bodybuilding show May 5th. So you'd be the first to know about that. <laughs> I haven't told anybody that date yet. Um, but I'm going to be doing another bodybuilding show May 5th and I'm working with my dietitian now. and. That is also a very helpful thing where I have somebody not only with the highest level of uh, education and nutrition, um, he tells me exactly what I'm eating, when to eat it down to the gram. I have a food scale. That's how I live my life, to be honest. And outside of competing, um, I still do what I call meal prep, where every Sunday I cook all my food for the week. It's in containers. It's grab and go. There's no thinking about it. There's no oh, I wonder what I'm going to make. Oh, I need to grab fast food really quick because I don't have food made already. There's no excuses. 
Um, I prefer to lead my life like that because I know what the complete opposite can do to me. And I know that my body type, my um, deep down uh, fat girl, I'll call it my inner fat girl. Like I can, I can reach that weight again in a minute. I don't want to. So I don't, I don't trust myself. So I I like to be regimented. I like somebody to tell me this is what you're eating and this is when you're going to eat it. And it's just helpful. And then outside of competing, if I want to go grab sushi or if I want to go grab Lou Malnati's pizza for anybody that's not in the Midwest, it's the best pizza ever that you'll ever have. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll go do that. And, and I won't feel guilty about it because it'll just be one meal. And that's something that I've tried to keep focus on and try to keep cognizant of. Uh, If you haven't, uh, if you're not familiar with Tara and don't follow her online, I'll share the links and we'll cover that in just a minute. But following her on Instagram, let me just tell you, she is ripped, and it's it's just in, it's just <laughs> incredible. It really is, especially seeing the before pictures from you know from years back. Uh, I could see why you're as passionate about this uh, as you as you are. Uh, yeah, and it looks like another way that you reward yourself is with some tattoos. Uh, yeah, I've been getting tattooed since I was 17, and I've got about at least 60% of my body covered. So (laughs) that's a good reward. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, So what is your thought process? I'm really curious here as to when to get one, why to get one and which, and what you want uh, to add to your uh, personal gallery, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I actually get that question a lot for anybody that like sees me for the first time. They're just, they don't know what to think because not a lot of women are heavily tattooed like I am, um, except for the ones on TV, which I always get compared to. So um, I actually was a body piercer when I was 18 and I worked at a tattoo shop. And so that's kind of where it started. Um, I've just always kind of liked the artistic approach to it. Um, at that time I didn't really have anything in mind. It was more like, Hey, are you guys not busy later? Do you want to tattoo me since I'm just sitting here not doing anything anyway? So that's kind of how it started. Those aren't done the best. And thankfully I have so many, they just get lost in the mural of things going on right now. Um, but since I have grown older and have a deeper appreciation for, and I've done a lot more research on artists that I go to, I do have meaning behind some of them. Um, For example, I have like my mom's a mechanic and she drag races. So I've got like half my arm is covered in a Hirschevelle that she races and her boyfriend's 39 Chevy Pro Street truck and Rhett Fink and racing flags. And um, it's got like a whole drag racing theme, which my parents are not tattooed and they hate tattoos. And when I showed my mom that her car was on my arm, she was like, all right, well, I'll accept that one. (laughs) That is the coolest thing ever. gosh yeah so that's just an example um as i mentioned earlier just to touch back on i did hair i was a hair and makeup artist and so i've got like a whole theme of a hairdresser theme and i've got like um shears and a razor and a color tube and curling iron like i that that's another theme i have and then i've got a lot of different family things um i have which is on the cover survivor it's on the cover of the on the rise magazine Mm -hmm. um so those are my knuckles on the cover tried and true right here (laughs) um so clearly obviously the survivor one i had been wanting to get something on my knuckles for years and my old school italian catholic father was not 
not really pleased about any of it. And he's like, please don't do your face or your hands or, Oh, he couldn't say anything about the survivor though. He had, he had, right. Can't really argue that one, but that was one where I, I really wanted to get my cancer ribbon. And this is before I went in for my surgery and I called one of my friends that does tattoos at a shop and I'm like, I really want to get my cancer ribbon and that's going to be my good luck charm for when I go into surgery. I want to come out, have them test my lymph nodes and tell me that I'm cancer free. So you're going to tattoo my good luck charm on me, put a lot of pressure on them. And literally when I was in the shower getting ready to go, I, it dawned on me. I'm like, I want the word survivor on across my knuckles. I've been wanting my knuckles on forever. I want survivor and I want the O to be my blue cancer ribbon. And I like, I walked in, he had just a very generic looking ribbon. And I was like, nope, we're doing my hands. And he was like, okay. And he was really excited. So random inspirations like that. um, I can't draw to save my life. So I typically will just bring an idea to somebody and I'm like, I need you to run with this. They draw something up and we're good to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I got one. So I'm not even in your, in your class, but the the thing about it was it it, okay. <laughs> it 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 had it had to have meaning it had, that was that was my my thing is it had to have meaning and and people I know that have gotten them said now be careful because as soon as you get one you're really going to want to get another one I'm like no 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 I just want to get the one I've got the blue colon cancer star uh, on my upper arm with the words fight like hell which came from one of the people I interviewed on an earlier podcast uh, that's another story thank you. Don Iker, and they were son of a gun. They were right. Well, you and I have the same tattoo. <laughs> okay. I've got the I've got the blue ribbon star also, not the words, right. which I think yours are awesome. Mine says "I'm alive" underneath, and it's got the uh, I don't even know if you can see it, but it's got "I'm alive" with like the heartbeat uh-huh. symbol. A little, yeah, kind of a little hard to see. <laughs> yeah, but it's got like the heartbeat symbol, like the the heart monitor um, that you would, if you're hooked up at, at, at you know the hospital, and it says "I'm alive" in it, but it's got the star. But very cool. Let me see yours. Um, it's it's upper arm, and I can't pull up my sleeves. Okay. <laughs> we'll do this later. We're gonna people are listening gonna go okay. gonna, gonna be going really. <laughs> But but the, but the person who said be careful you'll want one another one after you, your first one I was like no nah, I just just and you know what they're right <laughs> no I haven't gotten a second uh-huh. one but they're right I, I've been thinking about it <laughs> the itch eventually yeah, with you <laughs> exactly exactly uh, so you you've talked about uh, your career and the different things you've done what do you do now Tara I actually work uh, for U.S. Bank and I'm in their home mortgage division so. I worked for HSBC, um, which they're still around, but I worked for the division household finance doing mortgages um, for about five years for that company. They're around for about 130 years, and then they closed every door in the United States um, once the economy crashed back in 2009. So that was um, a massive hit, and honestly, that had to do with the turning point of my weight as well. Um, that's when I was at my heaviest weight. That's when I started going through a divorce. Um, I lost my career that I honestly thought I was going to be there forever. I, I had no intention of you know, working anywhere else. Um, but we did subprime lending and well, the economy crashed. Um, so then at that point, um, I started to do, I was doing hair and makeup on the side. It's something that I'd always been interested in. It's something that I always did on myself. Why not get paid for it? So I went to school. Um, for it. Uh, I was on a, a one-year waiting list. 
um, for MATC. They're up in Madison, Wisconsin. I went there um, for one year schooling. I started doing hair and makeup. I excelled at it because I just, I'm a very creative person. Um, I have a very good, what they call chair side manner or bedside manner if you were, you know, in the medical field. I have a very good chair side manner. Um, I'm a very approachable person, very likable person. Um, and it, it was a lot of fun. Um, and I did that for five years. And then, as I was mentioning, and, and I'll kind of resort back to my ex-husband from when I was 23, he was diagnosed with a sister form of cancer when he was 28 years old. Um, it's called Wegener's granulomatosis, and it's where your immune system starts to shut down your organs. This is something he was diagnosed with when he was 28 years old. He was a, a competing bodybuilder, so that's a very strange a turn of events that happened to me X amount of years later. Um, but he was, I think, one in 100,000 people get it. It's typically men over the age of 50, and he was 28 years old and, again, competed in bodybuilding shows. Wow. So here I am. I don't know why I would even have that at the back of my mind however many years later, but here I am, 29 years old, and I'm thinking, how weird for this man who's like in the best shape of his life to get this thing that all of a sudden he's on chemo for the next two years and he's on kidney dialysis because his kidneys almost failed and he almost died. I mean, like he really almost died. It, it got, it got really, really bad. Um, and I thought to myself, like I need medical insurance. Salons don't offer medical insurance. I respectfully came up to my bosses that owned the salon I was working at the time. I said, I respect your, your industry. I respect your place of business. I can't do this line of work anymore. I need stability. I need insurance. Yeah. And um, again, this is all in the transition of right after I was done competing, I waited till my insurance kicked in, went to see uh, a new primary. I hadn't been to a primary doctor in six, seven years. And just kind of very casually mentioned the bleeding. And... I'm like, oh, and I have a cough, too. I mean, it was just the most casual of conversations. And she's like, there is no reason you should be having any of those symptoms. I want to connect you with a GI specialist. This is someone I've, I trust greatly. And I just want you kind of talk to her, and I would like you to make that appointment sooner rather than later. Um, typically, I don't do doctors unless I feel like I'm literally about to die. I feel like I'm completely invincible. I did. Mm -hmm. I don't anymore. Um and I, I, I made an appointment with her. She got me in within two weeks. Um, she, thankfully, and she will attest to this to this day, um, she thankfully did a colonoscopy on me. At first, she looked at me. She's like, you're 29. I've literally never seen someone with a six-pack abs sitting in front of me before complaining about some of the things you're complaining about. I have no family history of colon cancer. She's like, there's nothing that's telling me to do a colonoscopy other than my gut. There's something in my gut that's telling me, let's do a colonoscopy. Let's just check it out. And if she had it, I don't know if I'd be here today, you know? So she did. What stage were you diagnosed? Uh, 2B. So what 2B is, um, one would be the just the tumor kind of sitting on the rectal wall. My case is rectal cancer. Um, sitting on the rectal wall. Um 2A would be it attaches itself to the rectal wall. And then 2B, which would be mine, it started to go through the rectal wall. Um, had it been caught a little bit later, it would have been three into my lymph nodes and possibly spread. Um, but it was caught where I had my whole rectum removed. 
and they did a cold, you know, pull through. I have a J pouch. I had an ileostomy bag. I had the whole bit. Um, but when they tested my lymph nodes, it had not spread. So it went through the rectal wall. It just hadn't started its next transition yet. How many years ago has it been now? Um, May, this coming up May 1st will be five years. That's awesome. Yeah. Big mm-hmm. milestone. So almost my five years, I can't celebrate that. Like I, I know that five years is a huge milestone for a lot of survivors. I, I hear that's like the magic, the magic number. Um, in my case, and again, this is something, um, that I touched on earlier. I have Lynch syndrome and what Lynch syndrome is, it is a predisposition to digestive and reproductive cancers. So I'm at an extremely high risk of still getting so many other cancers that five years doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, I, I don't want to downplay that um, and say that I'm not happy that I've, you know, have made it five years, um, but I'm at such an extremely high risk and I have so many appointments and biopsies and ultrasounds and CT scans and MRIs and blood work and everything else for the rest of my life that um I don't know. I kind of just live it each day to the next. And well, I've interviewed several women for the podcast uh, that uh, were diagnosed with Lynch syndrome, so um, I'm I'm well aware of of you know the uncertainty and the challenges. Uh, I, yeah. I thought I read somewhere that you talked about uh, planning on getting a prophylactic hysterectomy as well. Yes, 100 percent correct. Yeah, um, I um, I truthfully never wanted children. That's just personal preference, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's a, probably another thing where, as I was saying earlier, I think everything happens for a reason. Lynch can be passed on, especially since it obviously doesn't lay dormant in me. It's extremely active. I had a 50-50 or would have had a 50-50 chance of spreading that on to a child or children if I were to have had them. Um, and now after my surgery, since I don't have a rectum anymore, I've lost 30% of my ability to control my bowels. And if I were to carry the weight of a child, um, I would lose probably another 30%. So here I am, my uh, quality of life, and then possibly passing this on to somebody else, it's not worth it. And it's not something that I've been like, you know, I just, I personally don't want kids. So I don't know if that just, that happened for a reason too, timing wise, but I talked to my gynecological oncologist and I speak with my doctors on a very personal level, on the, on a level of pretend I'm your daughter. I want you to tell me what you would do for you, your child if I were your child. And they are straight up, they're honest with me. They're very respectful. They're very um, straightforward with everything. They don't sugarcoat anything and they, they you know, help me to realize what their thoughts are. Um, and my gynecological oncologist said, we need to do this before you're 40 because as of sitting here right now, I have an 80% chance of getting endometrial cancer while I'm doing this podcast with you. That increases by the time I'm 40. Um, and she said it would be a disservice to me if she were to remove only my uterus because I still have a chance of getting those other reproductive cancers. Why not just take it all? Yeah. So before I'm already, I'm 35 right now. So within the next five years, it it will all be gone and just decrease the risk. It's not worth it to me. Gotcha. This has been a blast. (laughs) I feel like we could, we could go on for hours and uh, maybe there's a part two coming. I talk a lot. I'm sorry. No, I I love it. I'm, I'm inspired. I, I, I need to reconsider what I do in the gym tomorrow and do more. (laughs)
It's actually where I'm headed as soon as I get off this call yeah, with you. There's, there's not going to be any bodybuilding in, in this uh, 57-year-old's future. <laughs> but uh, I'm not shy, and the listeners know I talk about exercise uh, as it, uh, in my personal experience, that how much it has helped me probably more emotionally than anything else. Uh, to me, and I've, I'm stage four, and I'll be celebrating seven years in March, you know, that whole thing of, you know, looking and seeing positive changes in the mirror, even at my age and perspiring and all those things kind of counterbalance that, well, people who are sick don't perspire and don't, you know, these kinds of things. So, uh, you know, so I truly admire the, you know, what you do, where can people find you online? Okay. So I am on Facebook under Tara Marie. Um, and I'm out of Chicago, so I don't know if they need to type in Tara Marie in Chicago or however. I, I, just, I don't have my last name on there just for work mm-hmm. purposes. I don't need my clients following sure. me or anything like that. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram as, the way I look, Tattooed Pinup. So it's T-A-T-T-O-O-E-D, Pinup, P-I-N-U-P, and then 82. Tattooed pin, and that's on Instagram. Tattooed pinup eighty two on Instagram. That's the best place to follow her. Trust me. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with Facebook, but uh, you know you're you're really prolific on Instagram, and you share your 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 workout journey. And I'm sure we'll see more leading up to your competition coming up on May fifth. And uh, one oh, you'll see a, one, lot, a lot of change in the next couple. Months. I, I want to be the first to wish you. Uh, Good luck on that endeavor, and and uh, hope it goes the way you hope it goes. And uh, this has been I genuinely this has been a this has been a ton of fun, Tara. And I really appreciate uh, you coming on. I wish you uh, continued uh, good health and uh, your positive attitude. That smile that I'm looking at right now is absolutely infectious. And uh, you're really I can see why you were picked to be in on the rise. You are truly an inspiration. So thank you so much. Well, thank you, Lee. I, I honestly, I hope you, uh, or wish you the best of luck with your health as well. Um, and I genuinely appreciate you uh, calling me and, and wanting to do this with me. And I feel honored to be on your show. Oh, thanks so much. You have a good evening. You too. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. And thank you to our sponsors and supporters, the Colon Cancer Coalition, H2ORS, and Fresh Assist for your support. The Colon Cancer Podcast is a proud supporter of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer.